Hello, Barry Wimbolt here with the Live More podcast. In this episode, I'm in conversation with Robin McMahon. She's founder of Parenting for Connection and the author of The Yelling Cure, How to Stress Less and Get Your Kids to Cooperate Without Threats and Punishments. Today, we're going to be talking about some ideas to help working parents. So hello, Robin, and welcome. So lovely to talk to you. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Oh, me too. I'm so happy to have this conversation. And most importantly, I'm so happy to talk to you, Barry. Well, I feel you've made my day. Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, so, So we're going to be talking about working parents. And I guess these days, working parent doesn't necessarily mean office versus home anymore, does it? it? There's a whole new set of Uh, circumstances that can encompass that type of relationship. So so what what do you think the main challenges are? I mean, what led you to to come up with this topic for our conversation today? What I was seeing was extreme burnout Mm -hmm. from parents really worldwide. They were already tired, stretched too thin, trying to do all of the things, and then the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, there were parents that were thinking, okay, this is a little bit of a break. And then their kids came home to go to school. And all of a sudden parents, and and I I do want to single out moms because I think really moms bore the brunt of this. Yeah. All of a sudden they have their own jobs which there was some grace from employers for a short time, like, oh, okay, you've got kids at home. Okay, we get it. Well, you know, do your best. That evaporated pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, oh, right, you still have those kids. <laughs> and, you know, not only are they working, they're working from home, probably don't have a proper office. Their kids are online learning. So they've become teacher. They have become, you know, recess monitor. They are, you know, making lunches like they did before, but more on demand. And they're worried and stressed. Those levels of stress and worry have increased because their kids aren't getting the same quality of education that they were at school. Mm -hmm. They're worried that what they're doing isn't enough Mm -hmm. as parents and also as the teacher now, they're worried about all those things and it just kept going. And you're also, the big unknown is this COVID, this, am I going to get sick? Am I not going to get sick? This invisible force that has taken, you know, if you just look at the the United States, I, I saw uh, on a new show, they are at a million people lost due to the pandemic. Now I'm Canadian. I don't know what the numbers are here, but we have a significantly less population, but all of this matters because when it comes to the work that you're doing and the companies that you work for, you were, when you feel all of the weight of all of this, something's got to give. Yeah. And at work, you will not be as productive. You will not be as focused. Right. And that's not good for business. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I take you back to something you said right at the beginning, that parents were already 
under the pressure, under stress. And yes, we know about that. And that's a very mm. big issue. We won't go there today. But this this lifestyle we've created for ourselves in the modern world. And I don't know anybody uh, below my age who's still got kids, who's still working in the, in the way that, um, you know, I used to. Uh, they're just having trouble making ends meet emotionally as well as financially and everything else. Now, I don't, I'm an optimist. I don't like... Pl- uh, painting a black picture but I think the fact remains that um, even without the pandemic we were heading to a pretty gloomy place and the tragedy from my perspective is people are so ignorant about their own needs they just think they can go on piling yeah. stuff on themselves piling stuff on themselves and it'll all be all right on the day if I just work hard enough if I just do two jobs if I just do three jobs if I just run my business and run the kids to after school activities and do all of this stuff so I think it's part of a bigger picture that was already there yeah I agree so so what happens now then what what is it that you're able to say to people uh, because my attitude is wow oh, well just stop the merry-go-round but of course we can't do that So where do you start with a question like that for parents? Well, first and foremost, I think you're right about being ignorant about what our own needs. Mm-hmm. I think that one of the the big pieces we didn't mention is social media, yeah. right? And so there is this sort of pervasive uh, need to be perfect, mm-hmm. to look perfect, mm-hmm. to portray per- perfection. And in fact, that is an unattainable goal that really just means we're putting ourselves in a place of comparison to others and comparison is the thief of joy. And so we've got to stop that. We also, when it comes to needs, we have to reverse the order that we're doing things. Our needs have to come first, not our kids' needs, not our work needs, because if we aren't getting our needs met, we are no good to our family and we are no good to our workplace, right? Mm. And so getting your needs met doesn't mean that you have to go to the spa. It doesn't mean that you have a girl's night or whatever. It means that you are saying yes to yourself and no to other things. Maybe you just say no to your kids because they want to bring Play-Doh out and you just can't deal with the mess of the Play-Doh that day. You can say no. You can say no to a play date. You can say yes to a nap. But Along with getting your needs met comes the realization that you can't do it all. And that's okay. And that sometimes I need help. And when we can put our hand up and say, actually, I do need help. Can you please drive my kids to their baseball game? Can you help me with this? What it does is it opens that, it opens a space for all of us to say, okay, you know what? I'm not perfect. And you let someone in and see who you really are. And I know that's hard, right? Because we want to look like we've got it all together. But why? Who says we have to? Who is this woman that has it all together? As you say, yeah, it's this social media thing certainly intrudes on that or, or helps uh, foster that those sorts of ideas. You know, I grew up when psychoanalysis was, was around, not that I adhere to those principles at all in my work, but the point was some good stuff came out of that and the concept by Winnicott of the good enough mother. You know, you can be good enough. And you know what? This is a great idea because when I came to be uh, more or less a full-time writer, I couldn't write. I couldn't finish anything until I adapted that to the good enough writer. I thought, oh, hey, I can write an article and it can be not quite up to my standard because 
I'm the expert here. I'm the guy writing it. And in my parenting life, you know, with my kids, they hated it. But I'm the parent here. That's why this is going to happen. That's why I say this, because I'm the parent, because I'm in charge. And, and it just dawns on me now. I don't want to steal your time. But it just dawns on me an interesting idea here. If you are that parent who can put your boundaries down and care for yourself, you're actually modelling great behaviour for your kids and teaching them delayed gratification, teaching them the, the necess necessity for a degree of discipline, all of those things in one just by being somebody who's looking after yourself. That's right. That's right. You know, I'll say to, I'll say to parents sometimes, so let me get this straight. So you are, you've got this going on, you've got this going on, you, you know, like all of the things you're tired, you're grouchy, you yell a lot, you are not feeding yourself healthy food. Would you pay to, would you pay someone like you to care for your kids? as their babysitter, right. you know, let's say, or their, and they, they would say like, yeah, no, obviously I wouldn't. Right. Okay. So then your kids deserve better. You wouldn't, you wouldn't put someone like that in charge of your kids. So then why are you allowing that in your own home? I think that that's a great idea. I think that's, that's got some mileage. I, I'll use that. That's a great idea. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. And the reason why we do it, we do it for them because when we are, when we're happy, we're centered, we are able to be more present. Everybody is better. Everybody is better. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's another thing that occurs to me, you know, because I'm getting questions lately from a, from a, a, an age group, a demographic that would never contact me pre-lockdown, pre partly because of work I'm doing, but partly because there's more demand, I think. So I'm talking to a lot more, much younger people, people just starting in the workplace, people just starting out on their uh, big relationship, people just starting out with families. And although I'm not often dealing with parenting issues, the question arises that people are not looking at their lives as part of a continuum. You know, you may be 20, you may be 25, you may be 35, whatever age you are, you can be 40. All of these things bring with them what I call crossroads moments. You know, the first child, the leaving university, the first big job, uh, the first serious relationship, the first rejection, the first perhaps sadly... Uh, loss of a partner or loss of somebody you love. These are these are major crossroads issues for people. And when you're in them, they dominate. But when you step back and look at your life as a developmental process, you can think, well, I'm 35 now. I'm stressed out of my box. How am I going to be when I'm 45 if I continue like this? Or is it time to take myself in hand? Because do I want to be like my parents or my... We all know somebody older than us who didn't get it right. You know, I mean, I know my parents, there are things I didn't want to do mm. uh, that my parents did. Not bad stuff, but I just didn't want to be my parents. And and so stepping back and thinking about ourselves kind of in the round as a, as a bigger person, a, a more of a life than actually just this one day, just this one week, just this one month. What I think, think that's powerful. I really do. I think you do need to sort of step back and have a look and and see that. I think that is really important, really, really important. And, and here's the thing, you know, you talked about modeling before. Well, we're modeling to our kids what life will look like when they're our age. And 
what we're seeing, especially when it comes to the workforce, is we're seeing that our kids' generation are seeing us stressed. They're seeing us uh, complaining. They're seeing us bitter and angry at our workplace, our bosses, the people we work with. We're in toxic, you know, teams, all of that stuff. And they're saying, there is no way I am going to put up with that in the workplace. There is no way I'm going to do yeah. have what you have because this generation is just that much more spirited, that much more, uh-uh, mm-hmm. I am not doing that. You cannot make me, right? We, I don't know if my generation was like, oh, okay, I guess that's just the way it is. So I guess we'll just, you know, sign up for abuse and, you know, all of this stuff. I mean, I say that a little yeah. tongue in cheek, but still, I don't think our workplace is much different than my parents was. And so our kids are saying no. So it requires us to look at the way we treat our employees differently. Yes. We have no choice but for the future of business, for the future of the modern workplace, we have to look at how we treat people. And what people want is to be seen. They want to be heard. They want to be feel valued that their thoughts, their ideas matter, and that it matters to them that they their company recognizes. And of course, I'm going to speak parenting wise that they have in terms of parents that they have kids and they want to be home for dinner. That yes, my kids will have doctor's appointments and I need to be there. That my kid will have a sports day and I'm going to be there. And they're sick and I need to work from home. So you need to be flexible and you need to not hold me back because I need to, because when you do honor all of that in me, I'll work harder. I'll be more loyal. My work will be so good because I am so dedicated that the company will make more money. You have less turnover. All of this is better. It's better for the company. It's better for the economy. It's better for families. It's really better for the world. And I am really passionate about that because I can see it and I've lived and worked in a toxic work environment. So I know the toll it takes not only on the employee, but the toll that it takes on the family, because unfortunately you take it out on the people you love the most. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Well, the last 30 years of my life pre-retirement, so up to 40 years ago, was about that. I wrote the book in the year 2000 on called Difficult People, which was about relationships in the workplace. And the tragic and dispiriting thing for me is nothing has changed. In 40 years of my direct experience working in the workplace, advising people, employers and staff, nothing has changed. And... If anything, all of those advances that were made particularly by women or for women in the 70s and the 80s that started to be made, we've gone backwards. We're losing them. I hear my kids now, the the younger ones, in their early 20s they were when they started talking like this, and I would say, I would get on my soapbox and say, your employer can't, dad, dad, calm down. You know, I'm lucky to have a job. And I said, where did you get this from? You weren't brought up to be a doormat. Fortunately, give them a few years. I mean, they're very outspoken people, which leads me to my response to what you said, which is I totally agree and I get the passion. But it isn't for employers to do it by themselves. It's for people to speak up and make themselves, as you said at the beginning, make themselves heard. And time and again, I would go into organisations where 
employees were waiting for employers to change something, even to the point of having serious stress illness. And I would say, well, have you told your boss? Have you told your Oh, no, no, I can't tell them. Well, how on earth can they make allowances for you? How on earth can they change working practices if nobody speaks up? And that is the part of the problem, that we're all in it together, as people love to say these days. Uh, and it has to be a quality of voice, doesn't it? And some places that is mm. happening. Well, it is happening. And it's happening since the start of the pandemic, which is this whole great resignation. People are saying, no, I am not going to take it. And they've seen what life can be like when they're not at the office every day, when they're not maybe micromanaged. I mean, I, you know, we, we can't speak to every single situation, but they can say, they can see, okay, you know what? I am just as effective at home. So why do I need an hour long commute each way? Right. I need more of my life back. And so I do think that changes are upon us. I do. I am hopeful and I am positive that they are coming. And I think it's the millennials that are going to get us there. I think they're the ones that are just pushy enough <laughs> to be the ones to say, uh-uh, I am not doing this. But but I hear what you're saying because I know I was like that too. Like, oh, you know, all I would ever hear is I'm just lucky to have a job or, you know, uh, you know, oh, you, you you don't want to be the problem, you know, don't speak up, you know, and HR was never for us. It was almost like you tell HR, they're just going to go straight to your boss and tell on you. And now your boss is going to hold you back or, you know, not rate you high enough on your review. So you make less money. Like it's not okay. The way the system has gone, it's just not okay. Do you know, there's an interesting thing here. This is, this is an aside. And, um, but I talked to a friend and colleague of mine down the road here who works for a large financial international, probably one of the best known financial corporations in the world. And we have these very interesting conversations about work. And I'm having another one. It's taken over our conversation as well a bit, this work thing. Mm -hmm. We've started talking about parenting and we'll get back to that. But we've got into this workplace injustice and, uh, you know, the way it's kind of fixed in this uh, 19th century model. You're paid for a, a production, you're not paid for results, basically. And, uh, and that has to change. It does. And we have to see our employees as humans. And we are multifaceted. And instead of judging me for why I may be lazy or tired, why don't you be curious and ask me what's really going on? Yeah. And I'll tell you, you know, as it relates to parenting, when there is incivility at home, it will show up in the workplace. You know, when you you hear sort of, you know, leave your home stuff at home and, you know, you cannot. Your family is too important. And so what would it be like if workplaces offered families or their employees who have families support? You know, not, not just maternity leave, not just breastfeeding support, but, but parenting support because it gets harder as they get older and the stakes get higher. Because we also know that mental health for teens is at crisis levels. Suicide rates are are through the roof. Mm -hmm. You cannot focus at work if you your child is in crisis. So this is all relevant. It, it it's all intertwined. So what about the the parents who are juggling these things? Yeah, you know uh, where do they start? Because clearly. 
I'm not, if I'm that parent, I'm not going to get up one morning and go gung-ho and become a crusader and go into work, the workplace and start slashing away at my bosses and managers and say, you've got to change. I just become, as you said, I become militant. I become, yeah. make people uncomfortable. But what can I as an individual do? I'm at home. I've got the kids. I'm, I'm stressed. And what are some of the steps towards getting my head straight? So yeah. I don't mean fixing everything, but I mean, where do I start? I start with me. What should I start to do? I think it starts with boundaries. Okay. I think that you need to take a second and reflect on where you are, where you've gotten to, and let's put some boundaries in place. So that starts with you having an absolute end to your day. So you say, okay, I am done at four o'clock. I am done at five o'clock, whatever that is. And, and actually, and so this is something that I do talk about that I, that I love talking about is we're going to use the, we're going to use Parkinson's law. This is what we're going to do. So you have, let's say it's four o'clock and what you're going to do is you are going to work your day, know that it is a non-negotiable time that you're going to be done, right? Of course, if you have a boss, you, you know, you do whatever you're, you're supposed to do. And as the day goes on, you, okay, I got this many hours. I got this. Okay. Two o'clock comes. I got two more hours. I better hustle. I better start getting ready to wrap up my day because I am done at four and this is non-negotiable. Okay. So I'm not going to work anymore because we have to give ourselves permission to rest, to disconnect. And we have to create a transition from work self to home and family self so that we can show up the way we want to with our kids and with our family. So what I really recommend is we have that time. So four o'clock is here. Now take a couple of minutes, minutes, only minutes, a few minutes, reflect on how your day was. Notice how you're feeling. Where is your energy? Are you in a high vibe state, a low vibe state? You know, where are you? And just recognize it, name it, name to name it is to tame it. You know, like, yeah, I am feeling agitated. I'm scared. I'm feeling disregarded or I'm feeling energized. I felt really in control today. I felt like I got a lot done. That feels great. And then from there, you set an intention for how you want to be with your family. You know, I, my intention is to meet my kids exactly where they are, not where I expect them to be. My intention is to listen more and talk less. And you, you take a minute to embody that, to see what does that look like? Visualize it. Set that intention because when you set that intention, that's your brain will follow with your thoughts, your words, your actions, your reactions. Absolutely. And then you can be present with your family. You can solve problems more proactively because you're here. If you have a blurred line between work and family, it's going to be really hard to be present. And look, I understand that work may still be on our minds. So have a way. This is what I always say is have a little pad of paper write down what comes to mind. That way you can purge it and then and then transcribe it later on in an email or or on your phone whatever it is. This is so refreshing to hear Robin because exactly. you know I I had a very early start yes. in that my dad would come home. My dad was a consultant. He'd come home. There were three of us, little children, and we'd just be dying to see him. Also he traveled mm-hmm. and you know sometimes he'd be away a few days. And we were dying to see him. And he had a rule. He came into the house oh. and he and his wife, my mum, went into the living room together and we were not allowed in. We had to do whatever we were doing before they got home and behave ourselves. And he had half an hour with my mum 
and they had a chat and they caught up on the news and how the kids been, how's he been? Uh, maybe there was a glass of wine involved. I mean, they were early adopters, I think, of that process uh, back in the 1950s. And I learned the, uh, also through my training in psychology and psychotherapy to, to have these transitions and punctuate your day and stop and actually make a conscious choice of I'm no longer, in my case, I'm no longer in therapy mode. I When I step through that door, I'm in family mode. And hey, sometimes that involved me stopping for a cup of coffee or a, or a beer mm. in the pub on my journey home. Yeah. But it meant that I got home, crossed the threshold, and I was the person. I don't know if my wife would always have agreed, but you know that was certainly my intention, uh, to actually divest myself of the rubbish of the day. Mm. I heard a lovely idea today as well, which and it strikes me one could put this onto an email out-of-office message. I had a lovely idea today, which was any email sent after close my close of business goes onto my next day's inbox. Oh, I love it. I don't even get to see it, you know. So that's a brilliant idea. But, you know, we have to be the person who makes that mm -hmm. happen. And, yeah, like, uh, okay, my office hours are 9 till 4 or 8 till 4 or whatever it is. I'm finished for the day. I'd love to speak to you. Catch me tomorrow. Exactly. And and you're teaching people how to treat you, yeah. right? And the, the other thing that I'll say, the reason why this is important for parents specifically is because if you bring your stress home, it will infect your kids and it will come out as behavior. Our stress is contagious. Yes. And when we bring it to our family, they will be stressed too. They will be anxious They'll be worried and they will start to fight. They will start to be resistant. They will be disrespectful because they have no other way of dealing with it. We can have a glass of wine, right? We can call a friend. They can't. So it'll show up as behavior, which then makes you more stressed. So it really is a strategy, whether you're working at home and all you have to do is open a door and you're with your family, or you have a commute, sit in the garage, go have a coffee. Like you said, whatever it is you need to do, it's time well spent. You won't regret it. And it's minutes. It's a mindset and it's minutes and it's taking those few minutes to make the conscious decision of a transition from working role to parenting role. Yeah. And I love what you say about transmitting mm. our angst, our anxiety, our stress into our relationship as well as to our yeah. kids. You mentioned earlier that the horrendous rise in mental health statistics, mm. uh, negative uh, problems and so forth. Well, you know, now hearing what you're saying, I'm wondering, well, maybe part of the way to start to address that is to sort ourselves out as parents mm -hmm. and say, well, look, I'm actually passing this on to my kids. And to take your analogy earlier, you wouldn't hire somebody who's like you, you know, you, you wouldn't send an infected person into your house. And actually, effectively, you're infected with this stress behavior, which then comes out as all the stuff we've talked about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really true. And if you have a child who is in crisis, how will you ever see it? How will you ever pick it out? How will you ever notice if you're so busy with one foot at work and one foot in your home? It's a tough call, really, isn't it, to stop oneself and say, hang on, I need to get control of myself here, first and foremost. But I think it's very, very sound advice, very useful. I know people can find out a lot more from your website, which is called Parenting 
for Parenting for Connection. Sorry, I had to remind myself. And of course, you're available on the Live More app. And well, I think you're doing a wonderful job and it's so refreshing to hear what you're saying. So thank you very much for your time today. I look forward to catching up with you another episode on another topic sometime. Sounds great. I'm always, I'm always here for that. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Robin, and uh, all the best. Well, what a great chat. Now, just take a moment to think about yourself. If you are one of those people who's finding it quite difficult to juggle all the things between work and home, what can you do? Uh, How can you step back and consider some of the things we've talked about? As Robin says, we have to take care of ourselves first. So boundaries, is that an issue for you? Or maybe being able to prioritize things differently, set some boundaries at work, have a chat with your manager or your boss. I hope this has been a useful chat and I hope it's prompted some thoughts and maybe some next actions for you. So this is Barry Wimbold with the Live More podcast saying thanks very much for listening and uh, speak to you again soon. All the best. Goodbye.